Good evening. It is uh, Monday evening, August the 31st, and instead of mornings in the Spirit with Pastor Doug, this is an evening in the Spirit with Pastor Doug. I want to finish up the section in Matthew 5 that we talked about, well, that Jesus was talking about uh, adultery and uh, lust and all that good stuff, all right? And Jesus was truly shaking up the world with his teaching. I mean, shaking up all those who uh, interpreted the law black and white and interpreted the law uh, very transactional. If I did this, I get this. If I uh, do this evil, I get this bad reward. If I do this good, I get a good reward. And uh, the people of the day are basically no different than we are because uh, sometimes we do things black and white. Either uh, a, a deed is evil or not. And if it's not actually the deed, like murder, then uh, anger is, is a lot better than murder in our thinking. And as long as we don't actually commit adultery, uh, that's a good thing. And, and it is a good thing. But uh, lusting after a person is as bad as actually acting on it. And so we're going to finish up this section. And because these are spiritual words, these are words of the Spirit from the Creator of the universe, we need to seek to understand and to be obedient. I'm going to read this this whole section, because it's been a few days since we really went over this. So I'm going to read from uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 27 and going through verse 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you that everyone who looks on a woman or at a woman uh, with lustful intent, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And now these are the words that we're going to focus on, 29 and 30. Wow. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And so, to interpret this literally, folks, is, well, it's tantamount to mental illness, all right? Uh, 
There is no way that Jesus intended for us to poke out our eye or to cut off our hand. I have seen mentally ill people in the extreme who would interpret it this way. It's almost like the actual adultery is a physical action and then to cure it some would would think that if I actually cut out my eye or plucked out my eye or cut off my hand that would cure it but it would not cure it and of course Jesus is not talking about this literally but he is speaking in a hyperbole so that we would understand the seriousness of this lust versus actual adultery. We would see the seriousness of it. So if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body is thrown into hell. So let's take a look at this. Uh, particularly as we think about the eye. Now, <clears throat> it's the right eye and the right hand because uh, Jesus is mentioning that which is dominant to most people, the right versus the left. Uh, it's, not, it's not a cut on lefties. It's, it's just that most people are, have a dominant uh, right eye and a dominant right hand. And I, I, I fit that category. And so do millions of other people. So what about this eye thing? All right. Now, in Matthew, the seventh chapter, listen to these wonderful words. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you pronounce... You, uh, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. It's horrible. That's a little uh, insertion there. How can you say that when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's, out of your brother's eye. And so Matthew 7 and Matthew 5 are dovetailing here because you need good eyes in order to take a speck out of your brother's eye or your sister's eye. And if you have a whole plank in your own eye, uh, there is no chance that you will be able to take the speck out of your brother's eye. In fact, Look how stupid that seems. I mean, to, especially to the person with the speck in his own eye. A little piece of sawdust as opposed to a whole plank. 
he knows you can't see to take that speck out. But such is the sin and the hypocrisy of those who judge. Now, uh, Jesus uh, comes up with the example in John 8, and I know this is a little suspect as far as the text is concerned, but the story is that uh, those who were of the lawyers, the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought before Jesus the woman caught in adultery. Now, obviously, if she was caught in adultery, there was a man involved in this process. But the man, oddly enough, was not brought before Jesus. But these men were intent that she ought to be stoned to death because of her sin. And so the... Uh, you know, Jesus bends down and he writes in the dirt. We don't know what he's writing, but when he stands up, uh, he says, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Right? Then he bent down again and wrote again. When he rose up, there weren't any of the accusers there. And they had left the oldest from the oldest to the youngest because... The oldest people uh, who were bringing judgment upon this woman understood very clearly that they had no right to judge her. They could not see clearly to judge her because of the log that was in their own eye. Uh, it's interesting that one time I was acquainted with, I didn't I didn't know him very well, but I was acquainted with a hellfire and brimstone preacher. You know those, okay? Some of you are listening to this. Maybe uh, hellfire and brimstone preachers and maybe going, yeah, let's give it to them. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, but I knew this hellfire and brimstone preacher. And I mean, he, he just blasted sinners out of the water every kind of sinner he was going to just rip them apart he didn't preach to them with love like would you turn to jesus would you come to the lord no he ripped them apart judging them well it turns out that this preacher now get ready this preacher was a pedophile And because of his pedophilia, that was a log in his own eye. He could not see clearly to judge those who had specks in their eye. So I think this Matthew 7 passage really fits with uh, the Matthew Five passage. So I had another scripture in Matthew, but I'm gonna 
Uh, I'll just tell you what it is, and then you can read it on your own and, and make the uh, comparison. Matthew 18, verses 7 through 9, all right? And it's pretty much the same as Matthew 5, about casting this right eye from you. Uh, and the idea is that salvation, salvation itself, means often that we destroy the darkness that is within us. This is better known by the term repentance. Peter said to those who were at the day of Pentecost, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter was very clearly telling them that the darkness had to be cast from them before the light would shine in them. Now in Luke, oh, this is a wonderful passage. This is the last passage I'll, I'll read tonight. All right. uh, Luke, the 11th chapter, and verses 33 through 36. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Now we're going to go over that in much more detail when we come to that in the Sermon on the Mount. But for right now, we focus on 34 and following. The eye, your eye, your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Your whole body is blind when your light, when your eye is unhealthy. Uh, then Jesus goes on. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. Now, the light in you can be darkness if you are focusing on worldly light, worldly wisdom, worldly morality, worldly values. And you consider that light, but that very light that you consider light is actually darkness and the light that is in you is darkness if then your whole body is full of light having no part dark it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light folks to lust or to have any of the passions of the flesh, all right? I mean, we, you know, sometimes we just focus on lust and we, we 
ride with that. But any of the passions of the flesh, if, if our eye is set on those things, that light, quote, and unquote, that kind of light goes into our very soul, penetrates into our very soul. The light of the body is the eye. And when we focus our attention upon the fleshly things, then that penetrates the soul and we are dark. When we see ourselves doing that, we must have enough awareness so that we cast all of that from us and we train our eyes on that which is righteous and good and beautiful and where we are actually pursuing righteousness. When the light that we take in is the word of God and the light that we take in is the spirit of God, then the light that is shining in our souls and from our lives to our actions, that light is light indeed. It's the same it's the same kind of thing as in Genesis when in the beginning in the beginning God created the world and when the world was dark God said let there be light so as we are in the spirit this evening and as many as are listening to this in the evening. Go to bed tonight and rest, focusing your attention on all that is light around you. I mean, it may be complete physical darkness in, in where you're sleeping. But nonetheless, having focused your eyes on the Word of God and on the Spirit of God, your soul is filled with light. May you be filled with light from heaven this night. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow morning, or I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.